With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. I just sprayed freaking cheap beer all over the microphone. Dude, screen. we didn't do the intro last episode. Yes, we did. Did we? Oh, hey, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. I don't think we did it last yeah, episode. Yeah, you're right. We didn't do that part. Oh. <laughs> Can you edit that back in? No. Okay. It's fine. too late. Everyone knows. If they're watching. They know who we are. Maybe I'll put a little caption in there. Nah, don't worry about when it. When I edit it. Just uh, to make it goofy? Yeah, yeah. This first ad... I should have had pulled up if I was prepared. This first ad was sent by Joey Jaworski. Finished up the latest Bluegill Telecaster last night. This one turned out really... I'm telling you, there's a bunch of these. I've seen these before. You've seen them. Uh, this one turned out really good. Thanks again, Andrew Robertson, for the hand-wound pickups. They sound incredible, as they always do. Yes, real Bluegill fish, taxidermied. No, they won't rot. Here's a question I have. Mm-hmm. No, I guess they would. I was going to say, like, if this is coated in resin, wouldn't they not rot anyway? But, like, any bacteria that's on the inside yeah, would work its moisture. way out. But from my understanding, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, uh, in the comments down below. Taxidermied fish is not the actual fish. They take a mold of the fish and they make, like, a plaster version of it and then they paint it. Like, really? it's, not, it's not actually the fish when you, when you have a fish... Converted to a trophy. Oh. Because it's just, it would shrivel up and look really awful. I mean, uh, you you end up destroying the fish in the process. Like, you're not going to eat that fish, that trophy right. fish that you caught, um, because it's going to be all old and dank after, you know, been sitting in a ceramic mold or plaster mold for, you know, however long it takes. But I, I'm pretty sure that's the way it works. I could be super wrong, but that's what I've always heard. Every time I've seen of trophy fish on the wall of a log cabin. I take a close look at it and like, I don't think that's the real fish. I love how translucent everything is. I don't feel like normally when you see resin guitars like this, that there's that much translucence. You mean transparent or translucent? Translucent. Translucent. So it's like the top is transparent, but then even from the back. Oh, like okay. Yeah. Trans- yeah. There's Cause they, they put that, that sparkly stuff in there to make it look like water. Well, no, no I, so I don't even mean that I'm saying how it's like see-through. Right, the see through see the see through part is transparent. No, it's still translucent. All right, it's just not opaque. Okay. Right. Transparent. Transparent is when you can see. I mean, uh, nothing is fully transparent. You can see the atmosphere if you can look through it long enough. Uh, <laughs> I gotta look this up. I'm okay. pretty sure we're describing the same thing in different. Translucent ways. is like light can pass through it, but you can't see right. through it. Like transparent as you can see through. You can see the fish in this, so it's transparent. But the back end of it is translucent. Yes, the front is transparent. The back is translucent. Yes. It's a combination of the various trans that you can do with light Mm -hmm. and light passing through things. I usually crap all over resin guitars. I know. 
I kind of like this. I think this is fun. This is like taking the concept and doing something silly with it. Kind of fun. Kind of neat to look at. Uh, even though it does like the opalescent kind of shimmery stuff, it's balanced by the goofiness of the fish included in the guitar body alongside, you know, a piece of driftwood as part of, you know, the guitar It's a Telecaster shape. It looks like it's got some really beefy hardware on there. Yeah. That, uh, I'm trying to figure out what bridge that is. Apparently it's a fender bridge, but I've, it looks ridiculous. I don't think I've seen one like that. I'm not a huge fan of super like figured, uh, maple on necks like that, but I think it works with this concept. I would much rather, though, have some piranhas in there. Make me a piranha guitar. Maybe put a little blood in the resin. Make it look like they're eating. Put a bone in there. Oh, my gosh. Put piranhas and, like, part of a like a big old bone in there, and the piranhas, like, chomping on it. Oh, man, I'm in. Whoever made this thing, if you're listening to this because someone told you that we were going to crap on your guitar, we're not crapping on your guitar. I think it's cool. Make a piranha one. And put a bone in it. Piranhas don't even like. They're apparently they're not even like that attacking. They're not that bad. They're not that bad. I mean, they will chomp you to the bone in like twenty seconds, but they're not that bad. <laughs> now, I th- I think it's one of those things where every now and then someone gets chomped by them, or or a goat or a cow gets chomped by them, uh, and it you know establishes the myth. But I think most of the time they're just a scared fish like any other scared fish. Yeah, I feel like that's basically what I've heard. I think this is like the Telecaster Pro Bridge, maybe. It's pretty serious looking. I don't know why I care so much. Steve really cares about this bridge. I think it's funny that, you know, the the top part of the guitar is so clear, so transparent, Steve. Yes. That you can see the screws for the uh, the strap button yeah. and for the output jack. That was a trip too. I, I I think that's a really nice touch. Yeah. I wonder how long it will retain that shine to it with regular use. Like eventually it's going to get a little murky and a lot of resin stuff. And maybe modern resins aren't as bad, but resin yellows over time. Yeah. So I wonder how this will look in 20, 30 years if it'll look like a piece of like milky amber. Or if it'll still look clear like this. Um, also, I'm pretty sure that even if it gets milky and scratched up, you could hit it with a buffing wheel and get it back to shiny if it does get messed up. So there is always that. A fun one would be like a coiled up rattlesnake. Like coiling around the bridge of the guitar and out. Oh, That would be fun. About like a zebra, can you fit a whole, a whole zebra in there? Steve dreams big. Steve has got that big imagination yeah. tonight. <laughs> what if you made a guitar out of nothing but an entire colony of bees? Just, <laughs> just a bunch of bees and resin. Is that even legal? I feel like that wouldn't even be legal. People would be pretty pissed off that you killed a bunch yeah. of bees. Um Butterflies, Fish, obviously. Ooh, people butter, are, butterflies would be cool. People are always doing uh, butterfly wall art. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Uh, putting butterflies in, in resin would look cool. Just do a whole, um, just like keep this on theme and do the water thing and just have it be like a couple salamanders and a frog. Like a just swamp. Out. You know what would look cool? Like continue like the whole like diorama sort of thing. Yeah. 
and the bottom of the guitar is like the bottom of the uh, the pond, mm-hmm. and you've got different kinds of animals up there. And as it goes up, you get different kinds of animals all the way through. And so you like you've got worms at the very bottom, and then like little crabs and and shells and stuff, maybe a crawdad, and then you've got you know some bottom fish, and then some top mm-hmm. fish, and like some seaweed going through some some underwater plants. Like maybe like a tropical fish theme, like the bottom of it is coral, and then it goes up through a few different animals. I'm thinking instead of doing it that way, you build multiple guitars, and each guitar is a different uh, layer. And so when you, they don't yeah. really make sense. I mean, they all kind of like look cool on their own, but when you put them all on your wall, it, it all like lines blows up. Blows your mind. Yeah, like this is art. This is animal art. Yeah, a lot of dead animals are inside these guitars. You killed a lot of animals to build these guitars. Or you could make a guitar out of like that plasticized human flesh from those road shows with the skinless, oh, yeah. skinless yeah. people. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. How about a guitar made out of plasticized human flesh, guys? That's like the whole thing where people, you know, they think when they donate their body to science that it's going to like pharmaceutical companies to do like research and whatever but really they're just being turned into medical models what's happening is your body's being sent to a mythbusters team and they're just shooting you into a wall out of a cannon <laughs> to see Yikes. how you disintegrate <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i've always wanted to donate my body to cinema if it's possible to do what that what does that mean i want to be one of the greasy uh mummies in an indiana jones movie <laughs> He's, he's going through like a cavern or something and a little greasy mummy falls down on him. And, and there's a whole moment of like, ah, gross. It's oh touching me. Like, I want my great grandkids to be like, there's grandpa. You, you <laughs> want to be the model for like one of the zombies in the walking dead. Sure. Sure. It's like that one look, sure looks a lot like Ryan. <laughs> yeah. He really died. And then they did like a mold of his face. And that's, that's like the zombie mask you can buy yeah. now. Well, why does it look just like he looked when he was alive? <laughs> Not too bad. He kind of looked like that most of his life. <laughs> so uh, he's actually a lot less pink now and looks much better. <laughs> well, it's a good air, airbrush job, you know. <laughs> uh, any sort of like, I mean, we talked about various animals and different concepts here. Would you like to see this done with a different guitar shape or is Telecaster the thing? I think for like the fish like this, Telecaster actually makes it really work. Well, I think they've definitely got to do a bass guitar. Well, then you could definitely like cover more things in there. Well, you could put a bass in there. Do the whole bass bass. Oh, that's that's too far. I mean, you could have a freshwater bass bass and a saltwater bass bass. There's a, there's a lot of different kinds of basses yeah. you could put in that yeah. bass bass. All right. I would like a trout one. I, I love trout. Trout bass? As a, as a pet and as food. <laughs> I wish I could have a trout as a pet. That'd just be, put a trout that'd be weird. Your, just put a trout in your uh, pond back there. I think they need moving water. You got a little waterfall? That's not enough. We're talking about a water feature in my backyard. I don't think they goldfish need... in. Now, there probably isn't enough room in there, but I don't know if they need move, that much moving water because there's lake trout. That's true. There is lake trout. Which, I, again, I'm not saying there's enough room in your backyard. There but... are pond trout. You're right. You're right. I've fished for trout out of ponds and lakes. Yeah. There you go. Okay. I'm going to live my dream. I'm going to live my dream, Steve. I'm going to get a pet trout. Do it, dude. I bet if I Do got it. little fingerling trouts, they could get big enough that I could harvest them and eat them out of that water <laughs> feature. 
They would probably eat all my other goldfish in there, but that's part of the fun, right? It'd probably be pretty swampy <laughs> tasting. Yeah, there's no way it's going to taste good. Yeah. It's probably not. It's probably, you're probably leaching chemicals into that thing. When I had that uh, that busted hot tub in the backyard that came with the house, I was trying to convince Lauren to let me turn it into a tilapia pond to, oh to farm God. fish. <laughs> You think that's a bad idea? (laughs) All right. Uh, Anything new, Steve? I I don't have anything new, man. Yeah, me either. Anything new? Sad, boring lives over here. Speaking of sad, boring lives, uh, this week we are reviewing Van Halen's, uh, I believe, debut album. Yeah, super bummer. Bummer of an album. Not party music at all. (laughs) Not at all feel-good music. I'm saying that sarcastically because... Did you take notes on this? I, of course I did. I well, I take notes every time. So I didn't take notes because I just was like completely swamped while listening to this and I could not right. like, do three things at once. Um, but the w- one thing that I did note for this whole... Th- well, actually, I had two, a few different notes. I'm trying to find um, a f- the f- full... Excuse me. Uh, song yes. list. There we go. Self-titled debut. So the first thing I noticed right off the bat, actually just listening through is like, I, I don't know if it, I, I could not confirm that I actually have, but I felt like I've heard every single song off this album before. I, I think I've heard the vast majority of them. That was one of my notes is I've, I've heard most of this, even though I haven't listened to this album before. I've, but it's just one of those things for like, there's a lot of good Van Halen songs. There yeah. just is like neither of you, neither, neither of us is, are like, you know, like Van Halen fanboys. Like we don't put them at the top of our list for, you know, music that's influential on us or anything like that, but you cannot deny these are just fun songs. Yeah. Like these are fun, listenable songs, like party songs. These are like, you put these in a movie and you're having a great time. Like you're feeling just like positive vibes. You're entertained. Like if you saw this music at a show, you would just be like, I'm having a blast right now. This is incredible. Like you cannot deny that this is fun music. Yeah. Um, and I, I think there's a really like important balance. I kept taking notes on this. Maybe I'll sum it up better right now. There's a really important lesson to be learned from the well-known like Van Halen singles and stuff like that. Right. And everyone who's like a huge Van Halen nerd is trying to do just all this guitar shreddy stuff, all this guitar virtuoso stuff. And you're missing the thing that makes these songs great is that they're songs. Yeah. They're not, the the genre isn't guitar. There just happens to be guitar in it. Like the genre is freaking fun rock song. That anyone can listen to. Like, it's not just for guitarists. It's like everyone can enjoy yeah. these, you know? And I no, think I think a lot of people who idolize uh, Van Halen are missing that part of the well, recipe. I, I think you do, and for better or worse, like, I think at, at this point, you know, people will go to their shows and... Um, like, they, you can you can take your, your party aunt to go see Van Halen, and sh- it doesn't matter that she doesn't care anything about guitar at all she's gonna have a great freaking time right but the flip side of that is you know i know for a while like the big complaint with van halen is that you know 
you go to the show, it's three hours long, and there's at least a, an hour spread out of that of the of just ten to is there deedling so, solos? So you know, <laughs> there is that. Um, I mean, you're hanging out by maybe not a show, but you're hanging out at the pool party. And you throw in Van Halen. You know, Spuds McKenzie, the dog's going to show up with a 30-pack of Budweiser. <laughs> and it's going to be an immediate party, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty. Uh, let me see if I have any notes that mean anything as I went through. This more on what I already said. Uh, I wrote, Atomic Punk feels out of place. It's funny to listen to older albums. And here the place where you realize you've entered the B side. Like I felt like there was a like a clear B side line right, right in the middle of this where all of a sudden it shifted and then I made a couple other notes. Um I said there's a real Black Sabbath influence in Atomic Punk. Mm. Like I, you, can hear that. I started to get excuse me, beer burp. I started to like pick up on influences on the back end of the album. Yeah. Uh, where at the front end on the singles and stuff like that, it yeah. just it was sounds very, like it's Van Halen. It's Van Halen. It's a pure Van Halen. And you don't hear like the influences coming through so much. Um, uh, I wrote on fire is a surprise. Never heard this one. It goes in almost Led Zeppelin direction. Mm. Um, there was an, Oh, I mixed up. The placement of my notes. Little Dreamer sounds like they were trying to compete for radio space next to Aerosmith. Yeah. And then Ice Cream Man is just like a classic blues track. Well, it starts off that way. Well, I mean, it goes Van Halen fully, but it's yeah. like, I feel like that kind of shows the breadth. But, but you <laughs> so, know, so this is my note on Ice Cream Man. Sorry to cut you off and interrupt you the way I always do. How dare you? Um, Ice Cream Man is supposed to be a euphemism for sex. Really? But I think he actually wants to be an ice cream man. Like, he really knows a lot about ice cream men. Like, like it's like the details were there. Like, he is spending a lot of time thinking about being an actual ice cream oh man. My gosh. Like, it's more than a euphemism. Like, this is a, this is a fantasy for him. It's a career goal. <laughs> like, he actually wants to scoop ice cream, guys. So that's that one's a cover. I don't... Uh, oh, I is it? it? Yeah. <laughs> well, whoever wrote that wants to be an ice cream man. Like... I don't, yeah, it sounds like you want to bone down, but I think you just want to sling scoops. <laughs> I'm not convinced. That was like the great blues, the great blues songs, though, man. You're like, oh no, no, this guy's just talking about ice cream. Ice cream is delicious. <laughs> yeah, because he had to code everything to you know yeah. be able to be shelvable on a in a store. This is where Van Halen fans are probably going to get like agitated. Uh -oh. Here because we go. I'm going to say a thing. Here we go. Um, and that thing is that I I went through their discog and did they really only, I'm, I'm not going to say they only had two hit albums, but did they, did, were like all of their singles concentrated on two albums? I think so. Cause this had, because then they got into the nineties one with that new singer and no one liked any of that. I don't know any songs off of that one anyways. I'm looking at something. Because it's it's like the the two that the two incarnations that people care about are David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar, right? And so I guess I don't know somebody else. I'm you know that's another one. I guess I'm looking at it and like, like Sammy Hagar is like the late '80s like keyboard version, right. Of Van Halen. Didn't they cover California Girls at some point? 
Probably. <laughs> I'm not seeing. Did they not release it as a? Oh yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's not all. They always have their. They always have their covers. But I, I guess what I'm looking at is like, you really got me running with the devil. Jamie's crying. To me, those were the songs that I knew like right away. Right, right. From this one, and then I go to like Van Halen too. I don't. I don't know those. I don't know those I songs. The um. Fair warning. I don't know any of those songs. Pretty Woman off of Diver Down. Otherwise, I don't know anything. And then 1984 has Jump and Panama, Hot for Teacher. Right. And right. then like after that, I'm like, I don't think I know any other. I'm probably you know I'm sure I've heard them, but it's like, yeah, no. After a certain point, like I'm sure there's plenty of albums, but it just kind of like they disappear into deeper fandom. They, they're not radio hits anymore because the nineties happened. You know what? They didn't cover Cal- They didn't cover California girls. Um, because David Lee Roth covered California girls. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what I'm thinking of. Cover versions, David Lee Roth, 1984. There you go. So that's why solved. The mystery, Steve. Solve my own mystery. But anyway, you know, that's not like a take on Van Halen. I'm sure like all their albums are probably really good. Oh, the it's best. Just, the top, just, top it, shelf, It's just Steve. interesting that like in my brain, like the like the big Van Halen is really just these two albums from the 80s. And then after that, it's just kind of like, oh, they, they have more stuff. I mean, I guess they have more stuff. Yeah. Maybe we should listen to the 90s one with that other singer. Oh, my gosh. Which other? Which? Uh, I forget his name. Like they got a, they got like a grungy looking dude. I'm, I'm trying to see if dead I can dead air. Find it. No, I'm just trying dead to, air. <laughs> uh, let's see. There is a, so did the David Lee Roth era was until 1985. Sammy Hagar from 85 to 96. Uh, and then in the nineties, the, is it the Gary Sharon? Era? Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't I remember his name. I don't know any of those songs, but I know that people hated it. I mean, I, and like I said, I know like, you know, between the Roth era and the Sammy Hagar era, there's a lot of like splits and whatever. And I, I guess like, I think David Lee Roth, uh, Van Halen is the only day, uh, the only Van Halen I'm like familiar with at all. I don't know. You're not, you're not familiar with any Hagar. I was born in the eighties. So I don't like the, I never, yeah, went me back too, to, dude. I never went back to listen to music that was made before I was born. Why yeah, would but I do Van that? Halen like in their peak was popular. Into the early 90s. Ryan, have you ever listened to music that was made before you were born? Yes. <laughs> have you ever listened to music that was made after you were dead? Maybe. I don't know if I that have. That sounds like something that someone would think was really deep when they said it, but then the, like the rest of the room is like, that's really stupid. There's probably like two or three Radiohead albums that we think were made in the in like the early 2000s, but were actually made in like the late 2050s and it's, sent to the early 2000s. It's going to be a plot point in the new Bill and Ted movie. When that comes out, we've got to be there opening night and we have to immediately go podcast. All right. When is it coming out? We'll figure it out. I think it's coming out. Later this year, dude. Yeah. I think it's coming out this year. All right. We've got to make an event out of it. Okay. Let's do it. Bill and Ted 3, 60 Cycle Hum, exclusive coverage. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> let's, um, sneak a, let's sneak a, a phone in, and we'll, we'll be the it. only person in the theater live stream, like watching it, and then the only person who cares enough to live stream it. <laughs> 
it's going to be a big commercial success. It's going to change the way movies are made. It's going to outsell the Matrix Four. Keanu Reeves. Well, yeah. Keanu Reeves is going to have a. I big can't believe they're making the Matrix couple Four. Year. All right. Uh, my take biggest takeaway from this with Van Halen is like I think every once in a while I'm I'm going to have to come back and just listen to a random Van Halen album. Yeah. Because sometimes you just like, regardless, like yeah, the virtuosity is there and the music is definitely like very like technical but it's not like you said like it's really fun it's fun party music and i definitely uh sometimes i need to turn like i think of like turn like listening to like like chill ambient music as like the yeah. kind of shutting my brain down but this is a different kind of shutting your brain down that's like re-energizing well it's the kind of shutting your brain down where you're letting your dick take over <laughs> There we go. We got a mature rating on this episode. We may never release another. I, I, I've thought about just making explicit the default setting. Yeah, this is not a kid's show anymore because I keep saying dick. That's what happens when you have diabetes. <laughs> it's what caused it. I found out I had diabetes and everything went out the window. I'm like, I've got nothing left to live for now. <laughs> well, I think there's just a really, with Van Halen, there's just a really smart balance between stuff that is going to get guitarists excited mm-hmm. and just there being a hot slapping song that everyone can enjoy listening to. Right. Like the the guitar doesn't distract from the pop nature of the song. It, they just pop. So good Have job. Have you ever Van thought Allen. about taking songs and then doing the opposite of that song? Like, I guess it's pretty acceptable though. It's still kind of weird. That when you think about that Van, well, no, I guess they did. Uh, Van Halen, of course, wrote "Hot for Teacher," but then I realized the police uh, don't stand too close to me is basically the police writing "Hot for Student." Yeah. So <laughs> there went that Maybe idea. Maybe they're singing about each other. Is Sting singing about David Lee Roth? And is David Lee Roth singing about Sting? This needs to be at the plot of a movie. This needs to be a black velvet, like neon painting. Sting and David Lee Roth. Oh, when you said black velvet, I thought you were just going to be embracing like, each other there needs under to, a black light. There needs to be a third song that's in the style of black velvet that's about no, David no. Lee Roth <laughs> and Sting. <laughs> Teacher meets student. They each have a song. This is oh. hot. This is hot. This is. Slash fake right here. Yeah. It's a good thing neither of us know how to write. <laughs> and it's a good thing neither of us are horny enough to write that particular hey, hey. piece of fanfic. Speak for yourself. <laughs> oh man, I gotta get on this. This is this is really gonna blow up the uh the internet forum I'm part of. Yeah. Um <laughs> You ready to you ready to pick up this tab? I'm ready. Pick up the tab, Steve. This week's tab is picked up by Chase Bliss Audio. They make pedals more creative than you are with a digital brain and an analog heart. Whether you want to delay a sweet, sweet reverb, a chorus. I love my dark world. A looper? A granular looper? I got two kinds of loopers to choose from, guys. What is the, what is the what do they actually call the condor? I always forget. A condor is, is kind of like an EQ preamp. There you dry, go. EQ preamp. Uh filter. It's a Swiss Army knife. It does so much ridiculous stuff. You got the brothers. Yeah, for all your dirt needs. It's got fuzzes and overdrives and distortions on there. Basically anything that you'd want except a flanger. 
Maybe that's just because Don't. nobody wants a flanger. Well, I think that's what happened. They had the Spectre, and then not enough people bought it. So they're like, you know what? Never again. Bye-bye. Never again will we make a flanger. Yeah. So anyway, go check, out, go check out uh, chaseblissaudio.com. Uh, they've got a great lineup of pedals that have uh, you know a really good basic core sound and then just all the bells and whistles that Whew. you would ever want. I think about the amount of bells and whistles you expect. That was supposed to be the end of the ad, Ryan. They go way beyond. Buckets of bells. Bags of whistles. It's over the top. All right. Let's move on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah, this uh, topic was sent in by somebody. Ryan took a screenshot of it. I did. I will find it in a quick moment. Um, uh, there it is. Uh, Christopher Freeman asks, The philosophical idea of treating pedals and amps as instruments and not just the extension of an instrument. What do you think about this, Steve? Are your pedals and amps instruments beyond being an extension of your long guitar or your regular size guitar? Um, you know, I would say it's it's actually interesting, but as maligned as they are for overuse, like I think that's kind of the idea behind swells. Hmm. And I know, you know, I know it's different for everybody, but like if you think about it, like if you 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 stack a a slow volume pedal with a bunch of delays and reverbs to make pad sounds, yeah, you're really just you're you're going a long way as a roundabout way to making a synth, right? Well, so I and whenever I would you do like bass, almost always because I you got to get the volume up. It, it's kind of tricky to like nail the attack. Yeah. So whenever I would use a bass, um, use do swells on bass. Uh, I would always have some kind of either like high gain distortion or fuzz, yeah, in front of so fuzz or high gain distortion. So like it's gotta, my, you got to turn it into a square wave. My big ear woodcutter was really great for this, and then run that into a volume pedal, and then you have the delay after to like lengthen it out. Excuse me, and I, and I always thought like that was like, oh, I'm kind of like I'm not at this point like. I'm playing the bass, but I'm making cello sounds with it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm making these long, like continuous notes beyond that. You know, um, though, a lot of times you, I always think of it as vocal tools because when you're playing guitar or bass or whatever, like you need two hands, but there are a lot of people who, um, you know, will have their pedal board up higher, like on a, on like a short music stand or whatever. Or on top of like a rat cabinet, sure. like doing like the Reggie Watts thing, yeah, and like manipulating everything, like playing and playing some notes, and then manipulating or looping and manipulating the loop with different effects. And I, I feel like you know, on the one hand, like that's kind of this gimmicky thing, but every once in a while, I still hey man, you on, put it where you need it, like right. But I mean, like a lot of times, it's just like oh, I'm like it's a noise thing. Sure, it's sure. like it's noisy. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but every once in a while I find a video where somebody's doing that and it's like completely like um like normally musical. Okay. Versus just being like crazy. That's always really cool. When uh, it, when they're making listenable music with it instead of just making noise. Right. Yeah. Right. So um I think, you know, I think that that's do you think an amp? Because I think there's a, a strong army argument that pedals a lot of times can be their own yeah. instruments. Like you think about like the the Earthquaker uh, ARP 
arpeggiator or whatever yeah. it's called. Uh, arpenoid. Arpenoid. The arpenoid. Right. Uh, like it's kind of in that direction. Like there's there's like that pedal with the springs on it. It's kind of its own instrument, like a like a, uh, a the electrofaustus stuff. Yeah, electrofaustus stuff. The electroharmonics random noise generator is right. its own instrument. Yeah, it's not even a pedal. But is there a case that an amp could be its own own instrument? I think that's a little bit. I feel like the amp is an extension of whatever you have the plugged into. The situation where it's not, and I guess in this case, it's not even really the amp is the instrument. It's what's in the amp that has become the instrument is uh, reverb splash. Uh, you cut me to my quick stuff. Ah, <laughs> where you go? Was that where you were going? No, no, you beat me to the punch. I didn't even think that. Yeah, so well, that's, I, uh, yeah, I think that's. I don't know. It is kind of. It is interactive with your instrument, though. It's. It is. Some, like, like I think of something becoming an instrument when it becomes something much more than. Your inner your inter, your instrument interacting with it like it's more no. than because like with a nice drippy spring reverb like it is interacting with your playing with your dynamics sure but what I'm talking about is like with I used to do this with the acoustic back here and I used to do it with the hot rod deluxe oh like you if you tr- kick it and crash you turn it. the reverb all the way up to ten I used to take this acoustic turn the reverb all the way up to ten and then just go back on like some of the songs we'd do in like the morning glass and just start punching the freaking yeah. amp. No, I think in that case, I think if you're crashing the reverb, that is its own instrument. It's, it's like a noise, It's a noisemaker. Yeah, totally. Man, I wondered why I had to pay to get that amp repaired. Now, now I know why. <laughs> what was wrong with that? Uh, it's a 70 solid state amp. Something yeah. went bad. Six. I think it might be 60 solid state amp. Whoa. It's an old one. It might be maybe old, it's old, early 70s. might be the older. oldest thing in the room right now. It's older than me, and that's for sure. <laughs> um, I uh, my side tangent on this is whether or not you can classify a piece of gear as a standalone instrument or its own instrument or not. You definitely need to spend time practicing with mm. practicing using and dialing in your pedals and your amps. Well, and like I- it's not it's not enough to be like, oh, I know this part. Just plug in. And turn it on and be like, oh, whatever sound comes out. Like, if you really want to get the most out of your drive pedals, out of, like, your crazy programmable delays or whatever, out of your really nice tube amp, like, you need to put in the practice time to figure out where the sweet spots are, where those pieces of gear live, how they interact with each other, how you interact with them. Like, it's, like, if I do a demo, like, I'm... I spend like a day and a half doing nothing but playing with that pedal before I demo it, you know, like, and even then I feel like I'm scratching the surface. Like you really got to wire, you got to get this stuff wired to be competent with it. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's like a lot of times that's, that is a tricky thing. And, and you know, it, what you were talking about made me think about how, like one of my early favorite guitar sounds that I made um, that I was able to make was like running a wah into a delay. Mm. And then at some point I would only use it on like one or two songs, um, to do like very like synthy sounding stuff. And like, because the wall was just getting like these like really sharp, bright peaks and yeah. then it'd just be like repeating like forever. Um, and it's almost like, uh, it's like a proto, uh, What's that orange Earthquaker pedal that just goes like crazy? You know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, which Earthquaker pedal are we talking no, about that goes crazy? 
Shut up. All of them. Yeah, they all uh, go bananas. We're just talking a lot about Earthquaker devices this well, episode. Well, they do make wild stuff. Um, They've never been a sponsor of anything we're doing, but I'd gladly uh, you know, accept their money if they ever wanted to hire us to talk about them. <laughs> the spatial delivery. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that one is like you play a note and it just like cascades. And right, so I right. was getting like those kinds of sounds like between a wah and like a Dan Electro PB&J. And at some point I got tired of using wah in general. Oh no, actually I think that wah pedal I broke. Of course. Um, the PCB like detached from the jacks. It was weird. And you really um, tweaked that thing. I don't know how, I don't know how it happened. Like it doesn't make any sense. And then, so I didn't have a wall for a long time. And whenever I got like the second wall, it was a crybaby with the vocal mod. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it was incapable of making the same sound. And I think, I don't know if it was a comp, uh, an issue. And this goes to the idea that you were saying, like, if you want to think about effects as instruments, you have to put as much work into those as you are like actually playing guitar. Um, because I don't, to this day, I haven't, I was never able to like really figure out and I stopped caring about that sound anyway. Um, but like, was it that now I think the wall was because of the vocal mod didn't quite work, uh, for that. It was a little like the pitch was a little different, but even when I went back and got a regular like stock crybaby, I just couldn't find yeah. that sound anymore. I was like, where'd it go? Was it all in my head? Was it just like that particular? It was all a dream. Was it just that particular wall with the delay? Or like, was it just that I'd been so long since I had done it, I wasn't able to find it again? Right. And it's just kind of like a weird like thing to think about in the context of like, well, if you're, like you said, instruments or effects as instruments or amps as instruments mean like there's an, an implicit relationship between that and like really learning yeah. how that... To- thing works as an instrument totally so there you go we nailed it we answered your question good job we did it <laughs> this next ad was sent in by rob butterworth it's a brand new custom guitar build this is a complete new build guitar natural waxed body lightweight maple with maple neck and fretboard all done with gold color fittings twin humbuckers excuse me and one single pickups twin humbuckers and one Ugh. <laughs> you can do it, Steve. I believe Lovely in you. Lovely one-of-a-kind guitar just needs setting up now, setting up to how you want for your own preference. So this is like some weird aftermarket neck? Yeah, with it's an aftermarket neck with a PRS-ish ish headstock. Like, I can't figure out why it looks so wonky. Oh, the, the, the D and the G tuners are super close together. Yeah, I think it's. I, I think, think the I think the headstock is too wide, and the tuning pegs are too far into the center of it. Yeah, um, it looks. I could say really offensive things about how it looks, but it the, looks like the, it's having trouble. The body is kind of. Uh, it's. The it, body is a general strap body. It yeah. could it could be any strap body. Uh, it's got HSH setup. It's got lots of skulls. Old's got at least one skull. They did the. This is the second time, I, like two weeks ago, we saw this. Yeah, it's, it's the, the skull, skull strap button. Strap button. I've never seen skull strap buttons before. Now I've seen it in, in the, like two recent episodes. 
I mean, it's I've, definitely a sign that there's something wrong. I've seen a few of these. It's a like, cry for help. I've seen a few of these, like EG3, Silver Sky, whatever home builds, and they just always look not quite right. You think those? You think the bird inlays are inlays on the neck, or you think they're like a sticker, like a decal? I bet they're stickers. Why does? Why would someone do this? Because I don't know. What's this? What? I mean, they won 125 pounds. There's like a tiger on the back. What is that? Like like 150 US? Something like I'm that? I think it's like 200. You think it's 200 even? But I don't, I don't think I don't think it's 200. I've heard the... Uh... And then it's stupid, stupid, like little aesthetic, like extra things that don't add any desirability to this guitar. Like the weird uh, neck plate that looks like it has a tiger on it. And then the skull, strap buttons, the stupid bird stickers. Like, like PRS barely gets away with the bird thing. Yeah. They only get away with it because it's their thing. Exactly. The moment you do it on a, like a guitar that's not a PRS, it's like, oh, come on. Like, don't do that. Like, if you're going to, if I was going to do a PRS themed build, instead of birds, I would do like bats. Well, so or I would do like like fish or something like what's that. What's weird you know? too is okay, fifth fret bird, okay, uh, third fret, okay, fifth, okay, seventh. Um, looks like we're uh, we're going into a dive here. <laughs> uh, eighth, uh, okay, uh, or not eighth? Uh, ninth is okay. Twelfth is okay. Fifteenth is okay. Everything past the fifteenth just looks like somebody took a Sharpie and like yeah. painted their hand, like covered their hand in Sharpie. And then they just went, just shoved like their thumb and like whatever smudged off. That's what, that's what that fret got. Also the look of this could be vastly improved by gold pickups. Yeah. To go with the rest of the gold hardware. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. It's, it's a little, I mean, maybe it's the, I would give a little bit to like the the lighting doesn't help here isn't you know certainly isn't doing any favors. Um, if you want to sell a two hundred dollar guitar, you need to invest at least six hundred dollars in lights. That's true. Get that's yourself six hundred dollars in lights, some nice LED panels, nothing too fancy, and then get yourself at least you got to spend at least a thousand dollars on a camera. You just do, and most of that's going to be the lens. Do we have at least six hundred dollars of lights in here, Ryan. Yes. Okay. Yes. Do you really? Yeah. Wow. Otherwise, I was going to say that's why people don't watch the show. <laughs> you haven't invested I, enough I use I use budget stuff. Like, there are some expensive lights out there. I went cheap. But they work. Yep. They do work. Uh, yeah, this is one of those things where it's like everything is just a little bit off and just looks like this isn't going to pass. From a hundred feet away. Well, that's the thing is it's like, there's no brand confusion here. If you are probably, I I mean, I would hope this guy built this and then maybe he fell on hard times or I don't know, but it just seems like he's calling it a lovely one of a kind guitar. It's like, yeah, but it's like, it's not one of a kind because you did something cool. It's one of a kind because you probably bought a like hundred pound or whatever. You put random parts together. You think this is random parts? I feel like this might be one of those like goofy Alibaba like kits. Kit build. AliExpress kits. Yeah, you could be right. 
It's too much for what he wants, though. Yeah. Unless, like, there's some sort of, you know, history with that body, like, saying, like, oh, this is, you know, a really nice piece of wood from Warmoth or something like that. No, this, I, you know what this body looks like to me is one of those Polonia strap bodies from GFS. Mm. That's not, like, a knock. Like, I'm not saying... Polonia is a nice one. I'm not saying this guitar cannot be a good playing guitar. I'm just saying it's just a very... Meh looking guitar. In US dollars, what would you pay? My gut says seventy five. That's just to get the body and the pickups and maybe the gold hardware and those skulls. I just want those basically the neck is junk. I would I I'd keep everything but the neck. Yeah, that's fair. Because it's ugly. I was gonna say like if I saw this listed locally for hundred and twenty five bucks, I'd be like, eh, I guess. Like if if PRS next were birthed by a wild animal in litters, this is the one that wild animal would reject. Like the mother would reject this one. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, this, uh, yeah, this one's not going to make it. I'm going to take care of the others. <laughs> Which is a super dark scenario to paint. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everyone who's listening. <laughs> Uh, move on to, uh, pick up the tab. Yeah. Uh, this next, uh, this next tab is getting picked up by runway audio. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to, trying to re find something, but I'm not finding it. So that's fine. We're not talking about cables this week, right? All right. Well, I'm holding their cable. You can hold it anyway. One of the things that runway audio does, um, that I actually think is, is pretty cool. And, you know, it's not cool for everybody. Like some people think this is dumb, but. I think when it's done right, I definitely understand why people do it, is they specialize in creating uh, pedal boards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they're in Nashville. So I guess if you're Nashville local, like you can hit them up. I am not 100%, but they do have a contact form. So I think if you really wanted to, you could ship them like all of your pedals. Yeah. And they just slap it on the board. And what's that's, that's going to allow them to do for you is put together a pedal board that's going to be like super clean. They're going to like create cut no cut, troubleshooting they're gonna, issues. They're going to build the patch cables uh to fit your board perfectly. Make your board tour ready, you yep. know? Make it bulletproof. It's going to be they can do a scratch setup, they can clean up an existing board, they can do clean cable management, which is like something that like I've tried to do and I and I know people who do it really well, but I can definitely see why like you would want to pay somebody to do this. My cable management game is a lot like my spaghetti game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or yeah. like my baking cooking game. Like some people lay out slices in the pan or on a on a baking sheet and oven cook it. I just throw it all in the pan and I stir it up with a fork and just keep stirring oh my it gosh. until it's done cooking. That's how I manage my cables. Yeah. And uh you And know, that's why you don't hire me to build your pedal oh board. Gosh. Yeah, these guys know what they're doing. Again, they're in Nashville. City known for musicians. They've got all kinds yeah. of musicians there. So they've worked with like all kinds of stuff. Uh, go check out their site if you're, that's a thing that you're into. Um, because the boards that they put together look really clean. Go check them out on their website. We'll have a link down below. Yep. <laughs> nice transition. Yep. I said yup too soon and then it just got <laughs> awkward. <laughs> uh, next question. Next topic. Uh, Gavin Van Der Linden. Yeah. 
think that's how you pronounce the last name. Uh, I think it is Vander Linden. Vander Linden. How important is the mid range of your sound? I feel like there's it, it, over the course of my guitar playing life, the opinion on mid range has completely shifted from one side of the to the other, and now I think we're in a in a place where everyone's kind of in between and frankly more reasonable yeah. with their stance on mid range. You when I started playing guitar, I was like. Get rid of them. Scoop those mids. You don't need mids. Well, it's because everyone was trying to play new metal. You just need a chugga chugga. It's going to sound so heavy when you scoop those mids. And there was like pedals and pieces of gear, like specifically designed for you to scoop the mids in this, the most specific way possible. Yeah. You remember the Line 6 Insane mode? Yeah. <laughs> like no mids at all. Like they're taking out lows and highs to avoid those mids. I uh I remember mixing a band at the park gallery and one of their guitar players had a line six stack. It was like the hundred watt head, mm -hmm. uh spider head and like a four by twelve. And I'm sitting in the back corner and he's just like, I can't hear my guitar. I can't hear my guitar. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like and he just like I would go up there and like I finally like went up, I looked at it and I was like I didn't mess with it. I was like, I'm, I'm just whatever. But the thing was like so scooped that basically as soon as the entire band came in. There's nothing left. There's like, you just couldn't hear anything. It just sounded like a yeah. hive of bees. Yeah. I th it, and then it, it shifted the other direction where people realized that. They're like, oh, we, none of us can hear ourselves, especially when we're playing leads. Like, it's one thing to chugga chugga and be kind of like in that mix. Yeah. But once you're playing leads, like everyone's like, I can't jump out of the mix. And then everyone's like, well, you know, you got to boost those mids. And everyone's like, what? Yeah, those mids you've been scooping, try boosting them. And then everyone just got mid-boost crazy. Now there's all these products and all these ideas about boosting your mids as high as you can. And everyone just sounds kind of muddy and quonky. To make up a word right. on the spot. Yeah. Not, not yeah. quacky, but quonky. I can hear. I, I know what you're saying. There's like there's like too much. The reality is, it's like, yes, mids are important. Mids are where guitar tends to live in a mix with a band. But that doesn't mean boost them. It doesn't mean scoop them. It means be freaking appropriate with yeah. them. <laughs> well, I think that's that's the big thing is like whether or not you need mids are completely dependent on everything that's like going on around you. Yeah. So like if and you're, what you want to accomplish. If your drummer is like hi-hat, snare, kick drum primarily, other cymbals, you know, then mids are where you want to be. As soon as you start getting like mid-tom, or low tom, like yeah. now you're kind of, you're in the same space. And same thing for like other instruments. Like if your bass player is playing more like higher notes and less like full bottom end, then he, like your frequencies are going to start getting in the same space. Now, of course, like when you start thinking about harmonics, like I, I usually think of like boosting mids or at least having present mids is all about like maintaining harmonic richness. So it's kind of interesting, like in my head, what I think of as like mids uh, really has a lot, whether or not like your mids are boosted, have a lot to do with like your instrument. And, and, and I mean, so that's an important factor too, right? Yeah. Like if you're playing a Les Paul, you probably don't need to like be boosting the mids on your amp as much as you do if you're playing a Strat. Sure. Totally. You know, and on a Strat, 
at least with the amps that I've used, like boosting the mids on a strat are uh, going to like really accentuate like the high mids of like, you know, the classic bell like tones yeah, yeah. of a strat. Whereas on like on Les Paul, there's so much, so many like, or like any humbucker equipped guitar, there's so much going on in like the harmonic ranges. And because those instruments, humbuckers in general, just tend to lack a little high end depending on, depending on how they're wound. Um, but generally they tend to be more mid focused anyway. You're actually better off like scooping the mids a little and like bumping up the highs. Mm. Probably not bumping up the lows. Depend again depends. Well, the way I think about your three bands, your highs, your lows, your mids, is lows and highs kind of dictate the clarity mm-hmm. of your signal. It's like you need to have those there to bookend your signal. Right. They just they just need to be there. They're not, you know, the full personality of your guitar, but it's like having a picture without having black and white in the picture Mm. where the mids is where all the saturation, where all the color of the picture lives. I'm using a completely visual way of describing this, but like all the color in your frequencies happen in the mid ranges from your low mids to your high mids, all the personality of your instrument kind of lives there where the highs and the lows are just kind of, what happens if you want to have a full signal right where your personality isn't really happening there like where the twang happens is in the high mids mm-hmm. where you know this barky growl happens is in the low mids mm-hmm. you know and that's really where the personality kind of dictates in your guitar signal and it's not about so much boosting above the mix or being below the mix although those those can certainly be side effects yeah. of how you mix your mids it's more about finding a good personality in your tone and and having it work with your rig, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's times to scoop, there's times to boost, and there's other times when you're trying to shape it in a creative way to achieve, you know, a certain tonality. I feel like this is the mature talk I should have given myself when I was 16. That it's I the would, mature talk that, like, every 16-year-old needs. That I wouldn't have understood at the time. Right. But now it seems so clear to me. Like, just be reasonable. You can see clearly now. The rain is gone. Just be reasonable with your mids. That's all I'm asking. Uh, next, we've got a threesome of ads. We're going to try oh, no, to... no, Ryan. Next, we have housekeeping. Housekeeping. After housekeeping, we're going to get into this threesome. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, this is a part of the show where uh, we talk about uh, the folks who are supporting us uh, through patreon.com slash 60 cycle humcast. Uh, this week, we have... Uh, a few people. Uh, first is Cass Jason. We're popular this uh, week. Hanowski, who's supporting us at the $1 level. Thanks, Cass Jason Hanowski. You did it. Uh, and at the $5 level, we have David Cornell, which is our best friends level. David Cornell. A fiver. And Andrew, Ger- Andrew Gray. We'll be sending them a little uh, pick and sticker pack. Uh, and then at the $10 level, we have Elliot Longenecker. We got them all. We got a one, a five, and a ten. Level. I actually already put Elliot in the inner circle. Damn, son. Let's see what we got. Hey, in let me here. pick this time. Let me pick. You want to pick? You picked last time. Let's give away uh, one of these Hosa Gobi Labs cleaners. There we go. This is a guitar polish and fingerboard conditioner. What was this? Here uh, to go with the Hosa stuff. Here is a set of Hosa keychains. Oh, very cool. 
That's actually, oh, these are those keychains uh, that you can plug into stuff. Yeah, you can plug them into your amp and short out your amp. <laughs> well, it's like you can, isn't the whole thing like you can build a little thing? Yeah, you could. You could, you could, you know, make a little thing that these plug into. Oh, there's two, there's three of them. Yeah, and there's also a bunch of stickers and stuff. Do you just want to send one? No, I want to, I want to see what this, because I haven't seen this kind before. Does it disconnect or something? Oh, it's, it really just disconnects. Oh, that's that funny. Way. Like it's got a, a, a eighth inch plug that plugs into. I mean, you could probably use that's this actually, as an yeah, adapter. That's a, a real adapter. That's funny. Well, there you go. Very that's some cool. fun stuff. Some hosa swag. So thanks for the support, Elliot, and uh, thanks everyone who supports the show. I got to recoup this. There's only a couple things left in here. Good one, dude. <laughs> All right, so this threesome of ads, we decided to group them together because they're all just mangled acoustics. This first one is from Alex Marlowe, and it is a Fender Del Mar vintage custom dog electro acoustic guitar. I don't know what dog electro means. I don't know, but it's uh, got two single coil pickups. It's got some kind of trem It looks vibrato. like a Mustang. It does look like a Mustang vibrato. With a Jag arm in it look how long that arm is yeah and it's some kind of metallic bridge on top of the existing acoustic saddle it's got four knobs and a three-way switch this is uh it's bonkers yeah remember when i put a humbucker in the sound hole of my old acoustic guitar the hugest issue with that is that there was no way to ground the strings. Right. Because the bridge isn't metallic. So uh-huh. what do you ground to? And so I had to come up with like a funky thing where like I would clip a thing onto the string just after the the saddle. Right. And then I'd have to ground that one I string. I think I remember this. It was like bad. I remember seeing that. So this person has at least solved that issue because they'll be able to ground to that bridge. Yeah. Or to the trim. <laughs> There's no way that trim is tuning stable that close to the bridge saddle. 500 euros, no pounds, 500 pounds they want for this. Yeah, good grief. I don't think these old Fender acoustics generally are no, they don't. worth much. I mean, it's probably worth more than 500 pounds if it was intact maybe, but not in this shape. I'm going to I'm going to reverb it. All right, well, while Fender, you're reverbing it. Delmar. Yeah, take us to the next uh, one. This next one is from Zach Ortiz. It's called Blurry Cigar Box. It's a three-string three cigar box electric guitar, hardtail bridge, Gibson Deluxe tuners, cedar and oak neck, hardwired output cable, internal springs. Has a unique sound. So you're this is like somebody took a cigar box, but they basically did this themselves the neck attaches to the box and then they drew the rest of the fretboard onto the body of the box. Yeah. Those Fender Del Mars are like 200 at best. Is this, is this a, this is a fretless guitar. The, uh, the cigar box. Yeah. This is a fretless guitar. The whole thing looks bad. Like I've, I think the the hobby of cigar cigar box can't talk cigar box guitars is really interesting because there's people out there who are taking very basic materials and churning out instruments that actually look very clean and very charming. This isn't one of them. This is the complete other side of it 
where this just looks like a hacked up pile of junk. I post, I copy, I posted four of the pictures from this. Um, you're right. It is fretless of the, of there were like, uh, six or seven pictures. I think only one of them was in focus, was actually in focus for something in the picture. And the thing that it was in focus on was like completely stupid. The thing that's crazy about this is the neck is obviously homemade in some sort of way, right? Yeah, the neck every is part, like yeah, it looks wonky in every direction. They made it as wide. They made it wider than a six-string neck. Yeah, for a three-string guitar, and then they had to like bring the width in at the nut to meet the width of the the, the flute of the uh, the volute of of the headstock, which I think is also just hand probably handmade. It, the, yeah, well, the whole thing is handmade. It makes the neck look like a swollen sausage that's <laughs> that's tied off at the headstock. Yeah. <laughs> and the, 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 this fretless with the, the fret markers drawn on with Sharpie. And then the Sharpie continues on to the body of the cigar, cigar box guitar. Is this even actually... Are cigar boxes normally made out of cardboard? Um... I think some of them are, because I guess when I think of cigar box guitars, I you think always of a think wooden of cigar like, box, wo- like a wooden cigar box. Remember that I I sold a neck years ago. It was that old uh, um, rogue neck. Oh yeah, yeah. And the guy was like, "Oh, I've got a project in mind for this." I was like, "Oh, cool. Send me a picture when you're done." He built this beautiful cigar box. Oh yeah, guitar out of it. That would be perfect. I wonder if I could find that email. This uh, is just. So bad. You finally see where like the holes are in the last picture where you can see one of the springs that's inside of this thing. And that hole. I didn't know springs was a thing in cigar box guitars. Does that give it like a reverb effect? I guess. Or like a resonance or something like that? I wonder if it's a thing or if it's just something this guy did. Or maybe like if you shake it, it becomes like a a, a percussive thing. I mean, it, it does have like some kind of transducer in it. So I guess maybe it would pick that up. Um, But even like... I am kind of into those little half bridges, though, with the three saddles. Every time I sure. see one of those pop up on Amazon or wherever, I'm like, man, I wish I had a project to build around that. The little three-string half hardtail bridge. That's fun. I want to build a project around that. The rest of this, though, throw it in the garbage. I mean, it, you build this for yourself. You never sell something like this. This guy wants 100 bucks. No way. No way. Yeah, this is bonkers. Get lost, dude. All right, and then the last one. We've got one more mangled acoustic guitar. This is a winner. Yeah, I actually think that this is like semi-fun. <laughs> Another Fender. This is called Cool Acoustic. It's a smashed-up guitar. It's from John Brigham. Uh, a smashed-up guitar. Part of it's missing, but it's playable. Well, playable with a slide anyway. After this poor thing was smashed in a video shoot, I gathered up the pieces, glued and screwed them together, and reinforced where I could. Then I threw a Seymour Duncan Broadcaster pickup to make a bad little electric slide capable of the nastiest blues sounds. The action is very high, so it's not ideal for standard playing. But for pure slide playing, it really delivers a good. This is an acoustic guitar where the body has been cut off almost clean, like three inches south of the bridge. You don't need to stand for this. I love this picture where it's standing up on its own because it just sits on the ground flat. So this is, oh, yeah. So he says, played at a gig, watched dr- Jaws literally literally drop in reaction. 
uh, impress your family and friends. And then the next line, another awesome feature is that it needs no guitar stand. It's a left-handed Fender San Miguel acoustic, currently strung left-handed, but can be easily restrung to play righty if you're not a lefty. Or even if you don't play, it's a great conversation piece. These <laughs> sound clip of the broke-ass guitar added. So there's actually sound clips of this, as well as a link to the music video where this guitar was smashed. At least this person had the sense to try to reinforce right around where the bridge is. There's a piece of wood going across there. But it's done with, like, screws through the, no, the top dude, and the back that, of the that, guitar. That's because they needed to attach a strap peg. I think it's literally holding the guitar together, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it helps a lot. There's something about these Fender acoustics with the the Strat headstocks on them that people just feel an invitation to molest them. (laughs) Remember the one that was at the old church upstairs office, Mike's old office? Yeah. It was literally screwed to the wall with the screws going through. Really? Screws going through the neck and through through the body. Like, like, why do people look at these guitars and decide, oh, I'm just going to trash it? I can't tell if it's the angle of this. Oh, you know what? That makes sense. Because this the, probably has to do with the way it was repaired. The, the the It just looks like there's a huge bow in the top of the guitar. Oh, I'm sure there is. Because it's, it's missing like a third of the side support that the top and the Good back needs great. to hold itself up. I would say, like, like know, he said, the action's bad. Like, I believe it. There's no way that, like, the whole thing is probably flex. The whole top of the guitar is flexing towards the nut right now. Yeah. Um. I will say, you know, unlike, so the first one, acoustic electric. I'm like kind of interested. Like, if I saw that in a store, I'd be like, "What's that all oh, about?" Oh, I don't want any of this. This blurry cigar box. If I saw that in a store, I would just avoid. I I think this is kind of a cool acoustic. <laughs> you like this. I it's, it's dumb. But. I would bring it out at parties, but I wouldn't I wouldn't keep that guitar to play it. <laughs> yeah, I say finish the job. Finish the job. You 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 put it together enough to play it on stage, well, smash it next smash time it. you're on stage. Finish it. You're you're keeping it going too long. I feel sad for it. Put it oh out of its gosh. misery. Get us out of here, Steve. Tell All me right, about this song. This song was sent by Maddie Tayak. He says, uh Please find Attached. That's how I start my emails at work when I'm sending spreadsheets out. Please find Attached, a song to play on the show. I produced and played on this for my buddy, Will Williams. It's called Moving On. Gearwise, Will played my Gibson SJ Deluxe Acoustic, and I played a Telecaster through a Sansep GT2 and a carbon copy for a bit of slap and tickle. Hope you enjoy it. You can find Will Williams' single on Bandcamp. This song is called Moving On. I like it right off the bat. Is this a ween song? <laughs> well, I'm leaving in the morning. Gonna take the early train. Make sure the coast is clear and get the fuck out of here before it all goes down the drain. There's no Stay here. You can't give me 
that came on my Pandora, I'd thumbs up it real right. quick. Cool. That was a great song. Yeah. Good like one. It. I feel like now that we're that we're commenting on the songs and listening to them in episodes, like people are sending us the really good stuff. Because <laughs> people don't want us to trash their stuff. But I I don't know. We can always find something good to say about anything. Or maybe someday we'll get something so bad we're just like, I don't know, guys. What do you think? Well, that was great. What do you think? No, I liked it. That's very like um uh, was it like a I don't know, what would you call that? Like outlaw country, I guess? Yeah, outlaw country. Outlaw Ain't no country. rules. Ain't no laws. Just get out there. Ain't no laws when you're drinking claws? What? <laughs> I bet he was drinking claws when he made that song. You drink a claw? I drank a claw. All right. I got about two-thirds of the way through it, and I got very tired of it. Oh. Okay. I was like, oh, man, I got to finish this thing. Did you just throw it out the side of your car? Well, yeah, because there ain't no laws. Exactly. But the moment it was Don't outside... what The moment it was outside the window, I was not drinking it anymore, so suddenly... Laws applied to me again. Whoa. It was a paradox. Weird. Yeah. Well, don't let go of that claw. Slip it, sip it real slow so the laws don't catch up to you. That's what I'm saying. All right. Bye, everyone. Stay grounded. See ya.